There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Program. The Program audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for The Programme Audio Series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun! And enjoy the episode. And welcome to Rusty Quill Gaming. I am your game master for today, Maddie Searle. My pronouns are she, her. And I am here to introduce you to the team behind Rusty Quill's brand new actual play podcast, Chapter and Multiverse. This podcast will be using a whole range of different game systems to explore the same city, Chapter, across multiple parallel universes. And today we're going to be playing a game called Raging Grannies, uh, designed by Alicia Furness, which is all about fantasy, fighting grandmas, and will give you the opportunity to get to know the team a bit better. But first of all, um, our first player is someone you know very well. It is Alex. Could you please introduce yourself? Sure. I am Alexander J. Newell. I am the founder and CEO of Rusty Quill and the one-time once host of uh, Rusty Quill Gaming. Pronouns he, him. Uh, and I'm I'm not a major component of Chapter and Multiverse. I just refuse to leave. I'm, I'm just... I'm just that person who's hanging around until someone gives me an elaborate clock so that I'll finally stop coming into the office. Entirely fair. And next up, we have Kathy. Hi, I'm Kathy. Uh, pronouns are she, her, and I am the audio master at Rusty Quill. Wonderful. And next, we have Nico. Hi, I'm Nico. Pronouns he, him, and I'm the music composer for Chapter Multiverse. Wonderful. And Tessa. Hello, I'm Tessa Vroom. Pronouns she, they, and... I am going to be doing the sound design for Chapters of the Multiverse. Nice. <laughs> Incredible. All right. So first up, we have to create our characters. It is a very simple character creation system. You have to choose a career background, a fighting style, a hidden talent, and then assign your four stats to guts, which is how brave and strong you are, stories, which is how knowledgeable and personable you are, hustle, which is how quick you are on your feet or with your words, and grit how much you can take, so kind of constitution. So first of all, uh, let's just go in the order that we introduced ourselves. So I'm going to ask Alex, what career background do you want to choose? Or you can also roll if you want to make it random. I, I never once uh, tried to put any thought into any special, and I'm going to start now. Let's have a look what we're up with. <laughs> Leave it to chance. We are the mercenary. Fabulous. And uh, what about your fighting style? 
Here's hoping for something nonsensical. We have fists and foreheads. Good. <laughs> Good. <laughs> yeah, nice. Classic. And then your hidden talent. My hidden talent is growing strange plants. Well, I'm some kind of berserker, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to name your character? Gloucester Worcestershire. <laughs> Incredible. Perfect. <laughs> How do you want to assign your stats? So you have minus one, zero, one and two for hmm. guts, stories, hustle and grit. I think, given that I'm clearly some kind of crazed British pronunciation berserker, I am going to go with two guts. I'm going to go with uh, minus one stories. I'm going to go with zero hustle and one grit. Perfect. All right. What are Gloucester Worcestershire's pronouns? She, her. She, her, they. There you go. And Cathy, what career background do you want to have? I will, I'll roll for it. Town guard. And um, what is your fighting style? How about a weapon for any occasion? Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Wait, fancy. does that mean like you have a Christmas weapon and you have like an Eid <laughs> weapon and so on? Like, is that what that means? What do we one think? for every day of the week and then with special ones for holidays. Yeah. <laughs> like, like day of the week underwear, but weapons. <laughs> What's your hidden talent? Oh, gosh. Alien landscape painting. That's so specific. That's beautiful. That's so specific. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but I love it. I love it so much. Like, you know, as a town guard, you get really bored because there's nobody coming in for long periods of time. So, you know, and just sit back yeah. and start like painting over other paintings. I feel like painting alien landscapes, you're immediately going to summon some kind of king in yellow Cthulhu thing and then hit it with a Christmas cracker. I'm very on board with your character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. that's great. And what do you want to name your character? I'm going to go with. Bryony Longfellow. And what do you want to assign your stats to gut stories, hustle and grit? Let's see. A two for hustle. Maybe one for stories. We're going to say zero for guts. Why not? And then negative one for how much we can take. Cool. Bryony is here to take part, but can't take a lot of it, apparently. <laughs> so you're here to live fast and die well. <laughs> older I was going to say young but Rage of Grace, that doesn't quite scan <laughs> die at a reasonable age <laughs> um, fabulous what are Bryony Longfellow's pronouns uh, I'm going to go with she they wonderful so next up we have Nico um, what do you want your career background to be I've got the Unter so Unter for career fighting style will be Oh, have we had? Have we already had com comically large weapons? So is that one? No, no. That's not no. That sounds amazing. Oh, <laughs> I love that comically one. Comically large yes. weapons. And then my hidden talent. We've had growing strange plants. I'm gonna roll again. I want one that we've not had. We can, we can have strange plants together if you want. Don't worry do about that. Then no, I'll do strange plants. So my name, because I've been thinking long and hard on this. Christine. Ankle Jenkins. Ooh. That nice double barrel in there is a right lovely one. It, it adds a bit of, you know, mysterious background to it all. What mysteriousness? I don't know, but it's there. Uh, pronouns would be she, her. My stats. I'm going to go kind of like midway zero guts for how brave and strong I am. Stories I can sort of talk on a bit, so whack a one there. My hustle, no, I'm not really there for the hustle, so I'll do that as a minus one. And then I can pretty much take anything you throw my way, so whack a two in the grip. 
Perfect. And last but not least, Tessa, what do you want your career background to be? So I was rolling while everyone was talking. My career background is that I'm a knight. I'm the knight. I was the knight. (laughs) And interestingly enough, my fighting style is backstabbing, which does not seem like a very knightly thing to do. So I think I might have been a bit of a (laughs) scoundrel of a knight. Instant backstory. (laughs) And then my hidden talent is baking unusual pies. Oh, you got this in that. Oh, it's all coming together now. My name is Patricia Potts. (laughs) And the pronouns are she, her. And then I took a two for grit because I think if I'm baking unusual pies, I need to have a pretty powerful stomach, a powerful (laughs) digestive system. Um, I took a one for guts because I think, although... No, yeah, I took a one for guts because I think as a knight, you must have been brave and must still be brave. And then I took a zero for hustle because I need to be able to move. So I couldn't put a negative one there. Need to be able to to dodge around, to stab in the back, you know. And then because of that, I took a negative one for stories. Wait, wait, wait. what's the highest we have in stories? I've got one. one. (laughs) (laughs) We can't solve anything with words. (laughs) Okay, as our story begins, you have come together in the chapter town square in the county of Blemishworthshire to enjoy the yearly regional bake-off competition. The town is relatively well off and this is the event of the year, so they've pulled out all the stops in decoration. There's bunting strewn across the buildings made from the hide of an ogre that tried to attack the town a few months ago, but it has been painted in lovely pastel shades, like little little duck egg blue in there. There's some druid-crafted flowers all over the place. There are also plenty of crocheted and knitted cozies for like the post boxes, the lampposts, the bins, the benches. Someone's read a book on gorilla knitting, apparently. Yes! In the centre of the town square, there is this impressive marquee, which is made entirely of gingham and held aloft by magic rather than poles or ropes. And you can see a very red-faced wizard in the full-on purple ropes pointy hat, just red-faced, concentrating super hard, trying to keep this marquee up. (laughs) Worst job ever. Yeah, just they, uh, they ha- really have not got the uh, the economy of <laughs> action economy on this. And the drapes um, are currently covering the marquee entrance, so you can't see what's inside yet, but you know that it's starting soon. So I would like to check in with each of you, ask you what your character looks like and what you're doing as you're waiting for the event to start. Let's go for Patricia. What is Patricia Potts doing? Yeah, Patricia Potts has a stand at the event and has a bunch of pies, which do not sell so well because they are quite unusual with fillings like spinach pie, a kale pie, a kale spinach pie. That's her personal favorite, but it's not very yummy. Sardines. There's a sardine pie. I'd eat all of those. <laughs> there are also there's also a toothpaste pie oh, because man. she's like, who wouldn't want to have minty fresh breath? And uh, Patricia is quite short, like quite small, but short but very stout. A very sturdy, stout woman with gray hair that's pulled back into a very 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 tight bun one where you're like ah that would that would cause a headache she wears these tiny round glasses that make her eyes look very very small that was beautiful brilliant what is christine ankle jenkins doing so christine has managed the arts of getting a 
a coat with the biggest amount of pockets. So if you think of someone who usually brings Tupperware to events, <laughs> think that, but like pockets out the wazoo to kind of store things in. Christine doesn't really like talking about the ridge, but what they kind of do hair-wise is they kind of coat the greys. Not with any hair dye, but like shoe polish kind of does the job. So just like a good bit of gunk of shoe polish just all the way around. General murkiness of like biscuit crumbs and other gunk on this really long overworn coat. Odd trainers, the trainers don't match colours, but you know, you need trainers to get about the day to make yourself comfortable. And it's kind of just kind of like going around the stalls, talking to the people, seeing if you can kind of get like a little free taste of any of the pies, the cakes, the biscuits, what have you, and just kind of stores them in the pockets for later. Fantastic. Okay, and what is Bryony Longfellow doing? Bryony has lucked out in getting their shift off for today. So instead of being uh, positioned out in front of the town, she set up a spot where she can see the, um, the stalls and they can have a good look at what the unveiling is going to be. And this is taking their time, doing a little bit of painting, got a leather smock on with uh, various, uh, a full painting set out. Today they uh, decided to bring specialty painting canvases for the event today with brushes that can be doubled as stabbing utensils. So very, very sharp on the end. <laughs> just keeping that on hand, just in case it's, yeah, again, for the specialty occasion of today, but doesn't intend on using them unless needs to do like a little bit of inscription work here and there. Briny is, without her regular town guard uniform, she's in like a leather painting smock and she's got really frizzy gray hair. It's just kind of messy after spending so much time under that large guard's helmet. It just can't do anything with it. Oh yeah, helmet hair is the worst. Um, and what is Gloucester Worcestershire doing? So I get a kind of almost fairground vibe from this. So I think Gloucester is currently stood in front of, you know those like strong arm competitions with the hammer in the bell and so on? Mm -hmm. And I think she's probably in a blazing row with the person running it because they haven't put a limit on how many times she can do it. So she's been hustling it. And I think she's been uh, causing some trouble, which is quite an intimidating sight. She's there, you know, going, I, I told you, you know, that I, you didn't put a limit and I can keep going all day. Six, five, six, six, full head to bottom spiked plate metal with a pair of uh, bolt-on spectacles that go on the outside of the helmet because inside they'll fall down and so on. <laughs> and yeah, she's just... I think she's just in a row with a really, really, really quite patient stand operator who's like, I can't, I can't just keep ringing the bell over and over again. <laughs> I, yeah, you're giving us really good like advertising and you, you've paid a lot to be able to do this, but also there's like a queue going round the corner of people who want to do this. And we want to... I, I, I understand that, but you didn't say I couldn't. So, you know... <laughs> well, I'm saying that now. <laughs> Well, and I'm saying I can hit it again, so that leaves us at quite the impact. <laughs> I see. I also have a couple of questions for each of you. I would like to know which granny in the group have you known the longest and how you met, and also which granny made a faux pas that you cannot let go of, and what was it? So for Gloucester Worcestershire, who's your bezzy mate and who's your nemesis? I think I've probably known Bryony Longfellow the most by virtue of there's only so many times you can get put in lockup before you end up on first name terms with the person who holds the keys. Mm, fair. Um, and in terms of the slights, my guess would probably be 
Patricia Potts, just by virtue of, I kind of get the impression that Gloucester Worcestershire is is a is a bit of a combat beast, but likes to you know nut things head on, and that just doesn't blend well with Patricia Potts, you know, bravely shanking people from behind chivalrously. I feel like they might have had quite a few falling out, so as opposed to like, what's the correct way to you know ma- massacre a creature for bunting, that kind of thing. Makes sense. For Bryony, who's in your good books and who's in your bad books? I'm going to say that Bryony is in good books with Patricia, mostly in in her uh, wanderings around town and her walks. She's probably chatted with Patricia in her baking escapades and probably in the course of a lot of conversation has ended up trying a few pies. Um, For better or for worse. (laughs) Oh, you love them. You love them. Yeah, yeah. Some of them will make me it makes uh, Bryony cringe, but deep down she you know appreciates the ingenuity. So I'm going to say I'm out for uh, Christine because in one of Bryony's many breaks, you know she has to pack a lunch, and they they brought their food out there and found one day that uh, Christine had nicked their biscuits. Oh. And that's unforgivable. I mean, that's quite fair. Coming <laughs> <laughs> in on the biscuits specifically, yeah. that is like yeah. low. Mm. That's low. Yeah, and Christine, um, in response, who's your best mate and who's skating on thin ice? I'd probably say Gloucester Worcestershire is probably my best mate. Uh, simple thing. Picture it seem we're in a charity shop. Cold day, blustery outside, your neck's getting a bit nippy. And you see right in front of you, like, the accessory aisle. You know, you've got your gloves, you've got your scarves, you've got your hats. And you just see the perfect, you know, perfect scarf there. And you both reach for it and you both get the opposite ends. And it's a bit like Lady and Tramp, but purely platonic-like. And you roll it out. And I'm on one end, Gloucester's on the other end. And Gloucester's like, no, love, you look like you need it more than me. And just handed me the you know, the scarf there and then. So that's why I've known Gloucester the most and that's why Gloucester's in my good books. In my bad books, I'd probably say it's that Brian Longfellow. <laughs> now, I know my biscuits like the back of my mm-hmm. hands and that great debate, Jaffa kick, is it biscuit, is it cake? Now, most people don't really know this, but it's actually a cake because you know it's a cake because when it goes off, it goes hard. Mm, and if it's a biscuit, yeah. it goes soft. Very but Brian didn't know this. Got all the Jaffa cake, dunked it in the tea. All that tea got sucked up in the sponge. Just oh, you completely collapsed. Jaffa. Absolute mess. Absolute nightmare. It's like, what are you doing? You just ruined a perfectly good cup of tea. So since then, we've just never been real speaking terms. I mean, we'll get by because we have to for this, but it's just been a bit, bit wobbly, you know. Mm-hmm. Very fair. Patricia, who's who's your favourite and who's who's not so so much your favourite? My favourite person is Christine Ankle Jenkins because I love the unusual plants. I want them for my recipes. And so I we have we have a bit <laughs> of a business between us where I'll come and get unusual plants <laughs> to put into my unusual pies in exchange for unusual pies. And so it... Does Christine grow a lot of edible plants? Uh, Would you say that your pies are quite edible? Lots of edible pies. Well, I don't know how edible my pies are. Define (laughs) edible. They're works of art. You don't necessarily need to eat them. Yes, beautiful, beautiful pies. I imagine that the person who is in my bad books is Gloucester. (laughs) 
Good. Gloucester, because our, again, our fighting styles are just so different, and I can feel the judgment radiating off of you, and I do not appreciate it. That might just be the armor. It's very smelly. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's difficult to do your own latches, you know, and when you live alone, oh, end of a long day, sometimes you're like, you know what? I'll sleep in it. No one will notice. Everyone notices. Everyone Everyone notices. notices. (laughs) But you're all too scared. (laughs) As you are all in your own little separate parts of the of the square, there is a a tannoy going off, and it is the is the red faced wizard holding up the marquee, who has also been handed a kind of magical megaphone, and he's going, the 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 bake off's gonna start in five minutes. And so uh, you all kind of start to congregate in the kind of audience area and yeah you all start to intersect and join up with each other is there anything you want to you want to chat about um just as you're waiting for the show to start patricia gloucester i see you dane does with your presence i see you're as shiny as ever All the better to see your reflection as you stand in front of me good thing i don't Block your line of sight, then. Oh, what a cutting, cutting bird. Now, now, ladies Gloucester, Patricia, I hope that we can both get along for now while we have a lovely little event today. I'd hate to have to, you know, take anybody anywhere, reprimand anybody. Dunk a bit of cake and a tea. (laughs) Well, if... If hopes were coins, I'd be rich, but here we are. All right, and as you are waiting for the event to start, uh, a gaggle of grannies from uh, the neighbouring town volume that are, are <laughs> scuttling up. Oh, God, sorry, a gaggle of <laughs> grannies are scuttling up. This is such a specific, specific image, and I love it. <laughs> You know them to be Matilda Crumpet, Josephine Scone, Kathleen Teacake, and Penelope Muffin. Oh. Um, do you think those are like their birth names, or do you think like that's their cult names? <laughs> mm, maybe they're maybe they're like a gang, and those are like their gang names. Matilda Crumpet is super buff, just absolutely bulging with muscles, but like the wrinkles are kind of falling around the muscles, and it's all very disconcerting. Game respects game. Yeah. And Josephine Scone is like a fashion granny. She's got like a like a beautifully tailored kind of skirt suit on and kind of oversized pearls. Kathleen Tea Cake is cat lady. She doesn't have one of those kind of more modern backpacks with a with a kind of window in it for your cat. She's kind of rigged one up by like just kind of getting a pane of glass from a window and putting it in a satchel and cutting a hole out of the satchel. Oh, so dangerous. Oh, this God. poor cat is trapped in this death trap. <laughs> and then there's also Penelope Muffin, who you know generally um, competes in the Bake Off but has always got bronze or silver but never got gold. And so Matilda comes up and says, Did you hear the gossip about... Uh, about Deirdre Winterbottom, you'd all know that Deirdre Winterbottom always wins, just every single year, always wins. Deirdre Winterbottom, no one's seen her, she's not, she's, she's not turned up. Oh, she'll be doing one of her grand entrances again, I'm sure. It was all fun and games last time till that palanquin came up. I mean, it'll just be a thing, you Mm -hmm. know it will be. Winterbottom always comes by my stand and she did not, so I am sceptical that she is here. 
Well, I mean, it's not that far-fetched that someone would choose not to go to your store, Patricia. I'll have you know, I sold three pies today. Like, with the plants that you're using in them, I don't understand why no one would like one of those pies. They're top-quality pies. Best pies around these parts. Exactly. In my experience, whenever I eat one of your edible pies, I'm certainly hungry again afterwards. Well, I never claimed that they're filling, (laughs) but they are good. (laughs) Penelope Muffin kind of looks over at your stall curiously and then catch like from about 30 feet away catches a whiff of the pies and then just instantly kind of shivers and <laughs> withdraws. It's like, oh, 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 um, lovely. That's just delightful. Um, great. Uh, all right. I'd better be uh, getting along. Um, I'm, I'm sure it's starting soon, but lovely to see you all. And she she trots off. She's got her best apron on, absolutely spotless. Good luck, Muffin. <laughs> Thank you very much. And you see that not long after Penelope Muffin has entered the, the marquee, the drapes are drawn to the side. And you can see inside for the first time, uh, there are cooking stations set up inside the marquee, um, each one with a wood-burning stove and kitchen equipment. The contestants, you can see, are obviously Penelope Muffin. And you can also see a fairy man using levitation to lift a huge jar of sugar onto the, onto the side. Um, there's a cat folk who's licking her paws, which is probably not sanitary when you're just about to start baking. And there's a uh, human person who just has the best waistcoat. It's just like, just perfectly ordinary person, just amazing waistcoat. And there's also a dwarf woman who is flexing and like looking as though she's ready to knead. On the, on the stage at the back, you can see the famous judges who have uh, flown in from, uh, from the capital. It is Squall Follywood, who is a grey-haired half-orc whose body seems to be entirely composed of squares, and uh, Sue Kreef, who is an elderly gnome lady with just the largest and most obscenely colourful jewellery. It just looks like someone's taken some like children's building blocks and put them on a string and tied it around her neck. Squall Follywood uh, struts up to the front of the stage. He opens the event. And just before we jump in, let's take a little break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
And we're back. Squall Follywood is taking his place uh, center stage, kind of edging out Sue Creef a little bit. He says, welcome to the Blemishworth Bake Off. You are all uh, here to witness the most talented bakers in the county competing for the title of best baker. And I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Sue Creef. And uh, she's like, yes, um, I'm very glad to be here. They start to introduce all of the contestants. And there is a late addition to the contestants as well. Uh, There is someone who you didn't see um, initially and who kind of rushes in from backstage looking a bit flushed. This is the Duke of Blemishworthshire, Duke Lionel Gruntwistle. He is a thin, sickly-looking human man with blonde hair, like, admittedly incredible cheekbones, but also paired with very spindly limbs, who is uh, kind of trying to play off his tardiness with a smug smile. This is his first time competing. You haven't had many dealings with him, but at first glance, you don't think that he's probably going to be super granny-friendly. Although that is interesting, isn't it? Duke Lionel instead of Deirdre Winterbottom. It's anybody's game. You see that they uh, they start their baking, they're beating at the batters and they're pouring the sugars and the flowers and all doing all the, all the general things. And um, I would like everyone to please make me a... I'm going to say a stories roll. I feel like Gloucester's a really bad audience member for this kind of a competition. I think you get, you know, like, as they're beating, it's like, yeah, give it some welly, get it, yeah, beat that dough, yeah, use the chair. Put your back into it. Yeah, I think I think the dwarf uh, woman is really quite, quite um, enjoying that and is, like, properly kneading this dough with, with aplomb. Use two plums, it's quicker. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's what's people's results on the stories roll? So I got a six plus the one, so I got a seven. I got a six minus the one, so a five. A three plus a one, so a four. And I got a six minus a one, bringing us to a five. That's a really strong yeah. start. <laughs> That's hey. solid, yeah. That's super yeah. strong. As a group, apart from Bryony, who's a... a who's a little distracted by the fey man just absolutely deadlifting a pot of jam and it's just it's it's incredible like i think he's kind of showboating because he generally levitates things but this at, at this point he's just lifting above his head and just absolutely lapping up the applause but what the rest of you notice is that there is a man kind of loitering just outside the marquee who's got kind of flowing red hair um green robes he he looks quite handsome he seems to be kind of exchanging glances with the duke and meanwhile the duke is talking a big game and is like oh i know that i'm going to be the best baker this year oh you have been deprived of my talents for far too long and the other bakers are looking a bit peeved about that in between his kind of barbs you can see that they're kind of exchanging glances and also the Duke does a sort of quick hand gesture. And not long after that, the man in the corner seems to mutter something under his breath and a rat starts to climb out of someone's cake batter. Oh, oh, that's not- Sabotage. Oh, oh, 
Yeah, and it's the yeah, it's the fairy man who's just like this rat that's the same size as him has just climbed out of his cake batter and he's just absolutely going to town on it, <laughs> stabbing it to death. Look, Patricia, I think she stole one of your recipes. Hey, now <laughs> I have never cooked a live rat before, except once by accident. I never claimed that you cooked the rats you put in your pies. I like to think like Christine is like none the wiser and just think it's because like the contestants are using like basic non-branded like flour and eggs and it's just like well that's what you get when you skip the ingredients <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like a weevil in flour whole rat <laughs> is the rest of the audience noticing this as well that you know Bryony Bryony might be taking more stock of what's happening to the crowd yeah I think it's very much one of those things where it's like car crash telly and everyone's like oh my god and just sort of outraged but loving it <laughs> that's not sanitary but I'd still eat it bit of protein that can't not that you see everyone says that I give you a hard time but then you say things like that Patricia well, and it I've all got... just brings it back into perspective doesn't listen, it really listen, I've got guts of steel and I need to maintain those I know, but the problem is you keep putting them in those damn pies. Patricia, you have a lovely sense of taste and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. I I mean, I must say, Gloucester, I feel like it's two against one here where everyone here likes my pie except you, so I think you must be the one who has a bad sense of taste. Two against one, I like those odds. Tell me when it's ten against one, then we'll have a problem. Meanwhile, Christine is just, like, checking people's pockets for biscuits and cakes while so arguing with each other. This is the place to do it, yeah. <laughs> just before we move on, I would like for Christine to do a, a hustle roll sure. to see if you can nick some cakes and biscuits without being spotted. <laughs> uh, three minus one, so I've got a two. Oh, oh. 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 That's what you I making this all about biscuits, Nico. <laughs> don't think I don't see what you're doing. Oh, uh, yeah. So when you mark a personal slight, um, when you've got five of them, you have to reduce one of your stats by one. So when you try and snap a lovely looking, not French fancy, because France doesn't exist, but a, a Phoenician fancy from someone's <laughs> pocket, there's this very grumpy looking kind of elderly orc man who just kind of turns around and just like, what the heck are you doing, mate? No, no, I was just checking the interior pockets. It's lovely design, honestly. I don't mean no harm, not me, no. I'm not sure I believe you. Um, can you give me a <laughs> stories roll? Oh, <laughs> pocket inspector, don't mind me. <laughs> oh, it's not good. One plus I got a two. Oh, that's not good. Oh, good. Two, two oh dear. Good. This elderly orc man who isn't super strong, but is just gonna get gonna give you a shove. Oh no! They can't count my biscuits. No. Yeah, yep, you drop all of your various confectionaries all over the ground. It just sort of like all the seems like give way all at once. No. It's just like a tsunami of like sandwiches and tea cakes and nonstop. Oh, oh well, this is uh, this is quite uh, quite the situation we have here. Um, well, I'll leave you to it, I guess. And he just runs off as fast as his legs can carry like my hidden shame no these are mine stand back I've counted all of them don't you get your grubby paws near my mountain of food please <laughs> such a snack <laughs> order <laughs> I feel like half of them are going to be beyond their sell by date <laughs> it's like Oreos from the 60s and stuff like that as this is going on I would like 
everyone to make another stories roll, please. Uh, this time I got a three total. Got a two total. Oof, ouch. Mark a personal slight. Yeah, dang. I got a five, thankfully. Sound good. You guys are rubbish. Minus. Oh, no, wait, wait. Sorry, my bad. Zero. Nice. <laughs> <Ooh>, personal slate. <laughs> Ironically, everyone apart from Christine is very distracted by what's just happened with Christine. <laughs> and you're just kind of trying to stop people from standing in her cakes and like getting their getting like jam all over the all over the nice skirt. Like nice, um... Oh, I think Gloucester's wildly escalating this situation immediately. You know, mm. it's just like getting very ugly very quickly and unnecessarily. Bryony is very torn between letting Gloucester build this up because of being so frustrated with Christine's uh, biscuit nabbing (laughs) and at the same time knowing that uh, we should probably stop scene from happening in the middle of town square. I suppose it could help you No! No, I don't excuse you! (laughs) I'll excuse you with my face! <laughs> yeah, there's like a bunch of small children who are just snaffling all the all the like biscuits and sweeties <laughs> that they can, and you're just like, no, <laughs> get away! No, green is a natural color of jam. The fairy bits just add a bit of texture, but they're mine, oh, not yours. Get away! <laughs> Something, Christina, catches the corner of your eye, and you see that the the man in green with the red hair is muttering to himself again and immediately afterwards the cat folk and the cake battered that she is working on just explodes everywhere all over her fur and like this is probably not as big a deal for her as it would be for someone else because she can just lick it off but there has been splatter going on in the neighboring contestants and even like even squall follywood has got a, a, a glob of cake batter on his cheek and he's just looking absolutely furious and the crowd is kind of diverted between Kate Rampage in the marquee and Kate Rampage in the audience. Bryony is probably looking up on the stage wondering what's going on and after all of these... Uh, it's a very lively competition. Is it's been this lively in the past? This is very unusual. Normally it's very genteel and very polite and everyone's just like kind of giving each other tips and not being very competitive at all. Yeah. This is this is very unusual. Is is, is Bryony know the uh the, the event organizer? I think you would know that uh, Matilda Crumpet's sister, Mildred Crumpet, is one the one who generally organises these these things. I see. And is a Mildred anywhere nearby? Mildred will be backstage in the marquee, so there's kind of some drapes kind of closing off the the back part of the marquee behind the stage, and you think that she'll probably be in there. All right. I I think Bryony is going to, as uh, Christine is uh, continuing to gather up all of the the biscuits. Uh, Bryony's going to kind of shoo away some of the kids, all the people trying to grab the uh, less than savory biscuits that have been dropped on the Thanks ground. Thanks very much. I think by this point, Gloucester is covered head to toe in children, just picking a fight with them. <laughs> like the spikes are very easily climbed, and there's just this mass of young children, like, rampaging through the audience. Ah! Ah, have you! No one likes you! Secretly everyone hates children! Ah. Somehow Brian, yeah. doesn't see this as a problem. So, <laughs> seems like another Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Bryony is gonna proceed to just quick dart backstage and see if she can find Mildred just to double check that everything's all right. With your uniform, even if you're not like technically supposed to be backstage, I think the the guards who are looking after it are just like, yeah, we know you. You can go through. Mildred, similarly pretty pretty buff, is kind of watching like there's there's another wizard there staring red-faced at this piece of glass and projecting an image of what's going on out in the front um onto it and just looking like so tired <laughs> this is now this is now a running theme in this, this world this is not a sustainable oh. society <laughs> there is an underclass of wizards here <laughs> she's looking pretty worried and upset as about what's going on and she goes oh hello dear um, uh, is there anything wrong? Could I help? Ah, uh, no, I came to ask you the same thing. Um, is seems very lively on stage this year. Do you... <laughs> Goodness, is there uh, anything I can help you with? Oh, um, yes, that would be actually marvelous. Um, I I have no idea what's going on out there. It's 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 quite quite um, unseemly. Do you have any idea who, who might be responsible for this? Bryony probably has not seen the man in the corner, but we've seen that that the Duke is still acting a little uppity. So Bryony is probably going to be like, well, it seems that ever since the Duke came out on stage, it caused quite a stir. And there's some concern about, it seems that Winterbottom being missing is... is kind of like the lead to start to a whole bunch of unsettling behavior i do you happen to know where uh, why the change in um attendance happened Get off my <laughs> there was meant to be a a sound check and a kind of rehearsal before the before the event started and uh, data just didn't turn up and um the duke very kindly offered to uh, take her place Interesting, but are you are you suggesting that that he might have something to do with this? Oh, I have no idea, but there's certainly uh, a bit of a, a scuttlebutt happening out in the audience. Who gave you rope? Get your grubby paws away from my bat and bird, please. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just leave you to it. I'll go see what else is happening out in the audience. <laughs> Brian, he decides to go back to the group because. Uh, that's a bit much more commotion that maybe she needs to pay attention to now. Anyone else getting that meme from Community coming with the pizza boxes and oh, it's like yeah, fire, fire. screaming and running around? Absolutely. Before you, before you head off, Mildred just kind of touches your shoulder briefly and honestly, if you could do anything to, to help. I'm, I'm somewhat stuck back here because I need to supervise everything, but if you could go and investigate what's going on, then that would be marvellous. And then kind of sh- kind of shoes you off and uh, lets you go back to the group. And Bryony comes back around stage out to rejoin the group and finds. I mean, Gloucester's clearly been tied up by this point, just overwhelmed by children, <laughs> <laughs> thrashing around. Patricia Potts was helping like shovel pastries back into Christine's. Um torn jacket but now is just watching the show again very intently. Christine's making like a gigantic sort of pocket bag out of the remains of the jacket to try and figure out a way of making like a satchel to carry all the food still. You're clearly (laughs) prioritising your biscuit hoard over like clothing at this point. I love it. (laughs) 
Do you have shoes? No, but I have three fairy cakes. And a pot pie. Don't ask me when the expiry date is. That's between me and, me and God. <laughs> Bryony will go over to help Foster um, get out of their predicament. Oh dear, you keep, keep getting in these situations. They started it. Mm-hmm, yes. Coming in here with their... With their little faces and their big eyes, no one likes them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just spoke with Mildred, who uh, seems a little concerned about what's happening on stage, but they haven't been able to see what's going on. Do you, have any of you seen anything unusual? Well, yeah, there's that weird man over over there. He's he's weird. I've never seen him before. Who? The one with the, the one with the hair, the one, the one who was, the one with the hair over there. The one I uh, let him dunk his toasted tea cakes into my tea, if you know what I mean. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm cringing at myself. Sorry. <laughs> it wouldn't be a Bake Off themed one shot without some innuendo in there. I'm very pleased that that happened. Because this is a fantasy sort of setting, I like to think Christine's this version of like a conspiracy theorist where that... It, she just doesn't believe in magic or anything like that at all so she just thinks it's just sort of like illusions and like it's probably scroll Follywood just sort of like shoving rats in places and whatnot. so we're in, we're in an entire like magical marquee and you're like no it's late of hand <laughs> it's, just, it's just tricks isn't it it's not real Oh goodness! <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like I'm, I'm glad that I am playing Gloucester because otherwise I'd just sit down there immediately with Christine and be like, "I want you to explain to me how you think the world works." <laughs> is it just is it just tent pegs all the way down? Yeah, is it? And the moving pictures projected onto the glass. That's oh yeah, that, that's just really quick painting. Is it? I think um, because now um, the stage is more kind of a focus of your attention uh, because Bryony's kind of uh, directed you to it, you see that suddenly the human person with the the amazing waistcoat, their um, entire beautifully baked fruitcake just shrinks to a minuscule size right in front of their eyes. They're just gazing, like, traumatised. <laughs> All their hard work just gone in, like, two seconds flat. So it was just shrunk into non-existence? It was, yeah, just like, it's still there, but it's about the size of, like, a thumb, like a thumb joint. <laughs> I bet it's harder than a rock <laughs> now. It's like a little dollhouse cake. <laughs> Patricia's going to immediately look at the, the stranger who's been doing the muttering with the hair and and see if there's anything happening there between the duke and him. Give me a stories roll. Another one. I got a three. You think that he's looking a bit smug, but there's nothing definitive that you can spot. As the mystery of the shrinking cakes deepens, why don't we close the episode for now and uh, come back to you next time for more Raging Grannies? I would like to say thank you so much for listening and we shall see you very soon. And it, so it's to take on the mantle of Helen Gould from Enthusiasm, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from everyone else. Would you like to say goodbye? Take care. Goodbye. See you soon. Bye. Don't Bye. trust children. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 
Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode was directed by Maddie Searle and produced by Natasha Johnston and Lauren Thompson. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com, rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Thank you for listening. everyone, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun, and see you later.